now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, last week we talked about the front limb of a horse. Now we are going to talk about the hind limb and what's unique about it. Also, a case study about a horse named Tidal Wave. And also, what is the British system, Paddock's Paradise, and what does it mean? All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Travis? I'm doing okay. Okay, how about this weather we've been having? A little cold snap? I'm liking it. Are you? You got your uh, your long flannel shirt on? About, it's starting to get flannel weather. Flannel weather's perfect. My dad, uh, being from Florida, I walk around the house in like fleece pants, you know, early in the morning, my house pants. And he's like, where'd you get those? I'm like, we live in North Carolina, Dad. You got to get these pants. So he, you should see him. He's got like these fleece pants that are like camouflage and they got like pockets on the side. So you for... can't tell where he is. <laughs> no, he's totally camouflaged in the house. So Mike, what's been going on with you? Well, I've been uh, doing more work with the vet clinics. Tuesday, I spent the day at Green Oak Veterinary Hospital. This afternoon, I'm meeting Sean, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Murrow. He is a podiatry vet from Rudin Riddle based out of Aiken, South Carolina. He's coming up here. We've been working back and forth a case together, so we're going to work together in person today. Nice. Tomorrow, we'll be at Top Gun Veterinary Hospital with Dr. T down in Rock Hill. And we're still trying to get Dr. T on the show since the last time she kind of stood us up on the well, she, she's got Somebody's got a colic at horse. you got to deal with what's, yeah, what's important. That's definitely... And we're not. That is first priority, and we are basically down on the list. So hopefully we can get her back on the show. Wrapping up Season 3 here in the next couple shows. Season 4, we're going to take a two-week break, and then we'll do come back with Season 4 with all new guests and all new topics. And Mike's going to get a little bit more into the picturesque part of the podcast. And today we have a bunch of pictures as well. So if you haven't joined us on YouTube yet, now's a great chance to go on there and subscribe to us on YouTube because Mike is bringing a little bit more of a visual element into the studio, and you can see what we're talking about uh, as we're talking about it here on the podcast this, as well. This horse we're showing on the podcast we used at the Hoof Care Summit in 2020, and I've used it in a number of clinics over the years just to get some points across as far as paying attention to looking at your horse. And we're going to work working some of that into the program more and more as we go. So what else has been going on this week? You've been behaving yourself? Well, you know, I retired. <laughs> I put new tires on the truck. Okay. Price of tires has gone up. Everything's gone up, Mike. Yeah, I can't afford to retire again. <laughs> how often do you change the tires, and how many miles do you put on your truck doing all the clinics and all the servicing that you do? I ran 43,000 last year. Jesus. Work. And that's all here in the uh, North Carolina, South Carolina area? Mm, a lot of it, yeah. Do you do any in Virginia and North Georgia? I have been to Virginia, North Georgia, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, you know, you name it, probably been there. I think you got a song there somewhere, I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes we get on the big bird. You know, doing the running horse, I got on the big bird a lot. What's the big bird? Aeroplane. Oh, okay. <laughs> you and your fancy terminology. Anything else going on? That's it. Just, uh, you know, getting ready for winter horses coming down whatever you know vet calls we get now i was telling you i was bush hogging the front pasture here getting ready to reseed it for the next spring coming up and, and I, I sheared the bolt off on the the gearbox system so i'm gonna get a new bolt for that and continue bush hogging that front pasture and lay my seed down now what i'm laying down is tall fescue in that front pasture is that good or bad it grows around here okay yes you know fescue 
is not the ideal feed for a horse, but we're in that part of the country where in our cooler weathers we get a lot of fescue, and it is what we can plant here for your laminated horses, brood mares, stuff like that. Of course, there can be some problem with endotoxins. What should I plant out there in that field? Just a Heinz fifty seven, Bermuda grass, Bahia grass. I don't. I'm not sure. Now, sometimes I'll go to like your southern states or tractor supply, and I'll see something that says pasture grass. Right. Is that my pasture grass, or is that like donkey pasture grass? Do you have a donkey? I don't have well, a donkey. Well, it's not for the donkey. Well, I'm just saying, is it is it good enough for my horse, or is it just good enough for the donkeys or the cattle that, that run across the open range here? I would think it would be okay for horses. I don't know what their mix is. Yeah. And if you have a mixed pasture grass, it's going to vary depending on what part of the country you're in or what will grow well. So what would be an ideal grass for my location in this area? We're just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, in a beautiful little town we like to call Marshville. What's an ideal grass that I should be putting down or keep down this time of year? Well, the ideal grass at my house seems to be whatever grows. In the shady areas, <laughs> one thing grows. In the full sun areas, another thing grows. During the hot months, the Bermudas come up, so I don't know. Yeah, it's whatever's grown that time of year. Just yep. what, what do you say? Use the weight tape all the time. Make Use sure. your weight tape. Keep your horse exercised. Keep them fit. You know, just like us, if we're slugs and we sit there and Mike, eat a lot of cheesecake. Mike, because of Halloween coming up, I must. I spent all day just snacking on Snickers bar and, and not full length. I'm talking the snack size. Snickers bars all day Well, yesterday. if you have enough of them, they add up to a full length. Now, don't they? <laughs> Usually three does that. All right, guys, stick around. we got a big show to get into. Lots to talk about. And make sure if you're not on the YouTube channel, this would be a great show. Great opportunity for you to get on that as well. Make sure you like and subscribe. And uh, i got some more stuff to tell you about that YouTube channel as well. Some stuff we put up there. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota. Winslow. It's weird. In the human world, there's a doctor for every body part, but in the animal world, a veterinarian takes care of all animals and all their parts. <laughs> It's got to be the hardest job in the world. Where are the bighorn sheep knee doctors? The wildebeest gastroenterologists? The giraffe throat, throat, and throat doctors? Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign. If you have a question for Mike Sign, if you'd like us to read it here on the air, the way you do that is go over to equinedynamics.com. Make sure you fill out that little form that says contact and get your questions right over. Make sure you put podcast in the subject line and we will answer your question right here on the air. And don't forget to put a return address as well so Mike can send you out some magnets, some stickers. He's got some keychains. I've been supporting my keychain around. Actually, someone noticed it the other day. I was at Southern States and like, oh, Equine Dynamics. I listen to that show. I'm like, I didn't want to say who I was. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like it too. <laughs> You know, thumbs up. Um, also, don't forget on the YouTube channel, I teased this earlier, there are three short little videos up there. I think they're about maybe 10 minutes each in length. Uh, it is three audio tracks as far as Ray Morris yes. and him being a saddle fitter. So if you want to check that out as well, make sure you go to YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and tell tell our audience a little bit more about those three videos that are up there about Ray Morris and being a saddle fitter. It was recording, but right at the reason why. That's the name of the CD. Yes, that's the name of the CD. And we have put it up because now CDs are obsolete. 
delete. This way the public can listen to Ray's opinion on saddles. Ray was a massage therapist and saddle fitter, so that brings something a little different into the saddle fitting deal. He was totally blind, so it was 100% fill. And working with Ray over the years, boy, as far as finding stuff going on with a horse, it was incredible what the guy could pick up on how quick. So you can see all, or you can listen to all that over at the YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe over there as well. Now, Mike, we're going to talk about, last week we talked about the front end of a horse, the one leg right. longer than the other. Now we're going to talk about the hind limb of the horse. What's so unique about that as well? Right. That's another one of those deals. People look, oh my God, my horse has a short leg on one side and has to do with sometimes flexion of the joints. And it's not necessarily short leg. It's, I like to think more strong side, weak side. Before we get started, this is my idea. Okay, so the front leg is essentially the way our leg moves, our human leg moves. The, right. The knee's in the front, and it's got the you know the pivot, the ankle. Does it really have an ankle? No. Not, not, no, 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 not no, no, by, no. Not by the human true, definition. The, the, the true ankle is the hock of the horse in the back end. The hind leg, the way it flexes, works more like a chicken leg. I was just going to say, so, and the back legs are more of a bird. Or, right. Okay. It's like Jerry Starnes, an old fairy. It's just hard for people to figure out how that chicken leg works. And <laughs> over the years, I've watched it, and it's like, you know, old fellow was onto something all right so describe what we're looking at as far as the hind limb now do you have pictures for this we had a picture of dolly's hind legs okay I'll, i can pull that up here that's not dolly no that's not dolly that's not dolly that's not dolly that's, there's dolly that's me in the hot tub uh, <laughs> all right let me see yeah we didn't it. want to see that all right there we go okay when you're looking at the hind legs and remember the stay apparatus that ties in between the hock and the stifle joint. They don't normally bend independent of each other because of tendon ligament connections. And when you're looking at the horse's hip and you've got a hip dropped on one side, you can have a couple of things going on. Okay, if you stand relaxed and you cock one toe out, what happens to that whole bone column allowing on you? What happens to your hip? It kind of sags down and you got like a droopy butt. Right. Exactly. Sometimes that's what our horses are doing. Sometimes if you've got a balance problem of foot, a sheared heel or something, it will rotate that limb out. If you look at the, the hip socket, it's kind of a loose ball and socket joint, so it can rotate in, rotate out easily right there. And we're not necessarily twisting the lower joints. It's just the whole the whole limb turns all the way up to the hip. Now, how do you know if the horse is just doing it to be lazy or that's its normal stance? Like if you tell a child, like a five-year-old child, stand up straight. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. I've, okay. heard, I've heard it two million times. Stand up straight put your feet together can you tell a horse or get a horse to go stand up straight put your feet together to the where they understand it and talk to the quarter horse halter people about that okay. yes yes they can most people don't All right if you got one leg that's cocked out you can have a hoof balance problem a sheared heel you know lateral distortion something like that you know most horses will stand in a lazy way they get relaxed. We do it all the time. Yeah. You do it, don't you, Travis? I do all the time. You don't stand at attention constantly, most of the time, but not all the time. Very rarely. If you've got that rotation, as soon as you see that horse just take a step, you can see that leg catch, foot rotate, and as they come through, it rotates back. And you get a twisting action in the hock. So that tells me right off, mm, I've got a medial lateral pressure problem, and I need to deal with that in my trim. The other thing is, when you're looking at the, at the leg, think about the, the palmer angle. We keep talking about palmer angle. Or plantar angle in the back end would be more of the true statement of what it is. The angle between the bottom of the coffin bone and the ground. And we look at that because coffin bones themselves are different angles depending on the feet. So there's a good spacing that the foot needs for your plantar cushion, lateral, all your digital cushion and all that to have proper room to not be destroyed. So if you've got a low palmer angle on one side... That flexor tendon that attaches to the bottom of the cough bone comes up, you know, around your fetlock, all the way up over your hock to the muscle that drives it. Okay, if I drop that angle and I pull that tight, that pushes the hock straighter, which pushes the stifle straighter, okay? And these horses that have 
cannot get their hind end under them sometimes that's what it is that angle's dropped and it's real easy to get that to drop and a lot of times we don't look at it it's hard to get people to do x-rays lateral shots on your back end externally you may have a foot that looks good but internally maybe not so that's one of those deals if i've got two an offset angle in the back end just like your club footed horse on the front end a high low horse you know in the front end that changes the whole setup of that shoulder okay if i got a, an offset palmer angle and usually it's more in diagonals to the, the high low in the front they seem to work better if it is if not they tend to go sideways but if one side is set lower it's going to straighten out that bone column and lift that side so something that might be off topic here right bear with me because you're, you're an off idiot. talk yeah go ahead <laughs> i'm an idiot sometimes paddle foot is that on the back as well if if something like this is happening or is that a totally different topic well they do have versions of that on the back end normally you get a, a big swing in more than paddling out but you do have horses that will rotate out in the back end and a lot of times on that paddle foot and that's a whole different deal if, if it, they're, they're paddling out on one side watch that diagonal leg it's a balancing maneuver they'll follow it and those horses are not tracking in a straight line now does the horse's chicken leg like you were saying in the mm-hmm. back does it connect like just for me like i said i'm the simpleton here you said the the front legs are connected there's no like shoulder ball and socket they're connected by muscles is the back connected the same way as the front well, there there is a ball and socket between the pelvis and the hind leg so that's what somebody has a loose ball and socket and it can rotate there okay and there's a lot of tendon ligament connections muscle connections there's a lot of muscle mass back there so anyway yeah we got the low palmer angle right we may have a twist in the foot which is identifiable and there's a way to lay out a foot you can actively measure a lot of that and that's something i do teach in clinics but when you trim a foot you know the further we push the pelvis out behind the horse the more you'll get rotation because it tends to push back and toe out so then because of the pressure you start getting more of a flare more of a push-up because there's always a push-up and a pull or a pull out and a push up, depending you know on which way you want to talk about. There's diagonal pressure in the hoof when you got a flare. You start eliminating that, and the leg rotates. I had a, one of your wife's friends that first time I did the horse, she was talking about that always did that. And I walked back there with a pair of nippers and took the pressure off my pressure points and put the foot down. And she walks back and she's she's not doing it. You're a miracle worker, Mike. No, it's just normalizing the pressure within the hoof deals with the rotation. And that foot, that leg, unless you've got some extreme injuries, it can just rotate right back because it's like I say, it's a loose ball and socket joint, ten leg connections you may over time have to stretch muscles out that have been shortened because of that but that can be rehabbed and gotten into a more normal healthy movement pattern when i'm looking at performance on horse the first thing i'm going to pay attention to is the back end you know when we forget they got a back end that's where your power comes from that's your motor so you got to get that working correctly and what i'm looking for is where am i losing energy what is efficient movement of the back end to get full force and full drive out of it with the least amount of effort for the horse and i say miracle worker the sad part is this friend of my wife had a farrier before before you came out and the farrier just accepted the horse that's the natural that's just, that's just the way it is and just There's accepted that you can do about yeah it. and you come in and you're like going, and well it needs this this and this and then within a day or two is it, it's done here's a bit of an issue that is out there you can build all kinds of beautiful whatever to apply to feet until you can really take care of the odd pressures within that hoof capsule itself it's like having a bad foundation and put a beautiful house on top of it. You're going to have problems. It's not going to work right. So an awful lot of what I do is over years, started with Gonzalez, Caldwell, and believe it or not, Ray, because I could take a rasp and bump something in the foot. Ray would fill the horse. That works, that doesn't work. 
And he literally really working with a blind massage therapist taught me more about this than any farrier I've ever worked with. He really tuned me up. You know, the years we spent together were too short. Uh, you couldn't replace them with anything. It, it looks like the old saddle thing. Okay, if that saddle is creating a drop in the horse's back, it's going to shove that hind end out from under it. If it shoves the hind end out from under it, we're going to have start getting some rotational problems in that hind leg. Where then in the, on the ground, if you had a perfectly normalized, let's call it normalized, normalized pressure keep, you can't put a, a foot on one of these deals that they just put my tires on to see where it's heavy. <laughs> Balance gets used to death. Let's balance this, balance that. I don't know if anybody knows what it is some days. I don't. So we get the pressure as normalized for that foot, working with that pawn column as we can, before we even think about what we're putting on it. Now, you were talking about balancing, and you also said you got new tires on your truck. Just think about it this way. You get new tires on your truck, right? right. You ever seen those little lead weights that they put on the rim as they balance it? You know, there might be a two-ounce lead weight on the right side. There might be a three-ounce lead weight on the other side. You wouldn't do two ounces all the way around just because, hey, they're all tires or all the same right and that tends to be what happens a lot of times well we did this here we did that there yeah you want we can go straight forward with it and go all right guys stick around Uh, we got a lot more to get into you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And if you'd like to contact Mike, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contacts. Fill out the little form there. If you have a question for us, make sure you put podcasts in the subject line, and we'll answer your question here on the air. Make sure you put a return address because we will send you out some magnets, some stickers, some keychains as well. And don't forget, if you'd like to have Mike speak at your event or come to your barn and do a clinic, that's great as well. Fill out that little form at the top of the same page over equinedynamics.com. says clinics. Fill out that as well, and Mike will get you all the information as soon as he possibly can. And over my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Travis? Doing well. So now we're going to talk about a case study of a horse named Tidal Wave. Now tell me about Tidal Wave, and do I need to pull up some more pictures here? Let's pull up some more pictures. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well, and you can see these videos and pictures that we're talking about them here in real time as we're talking about them here on the air. So give it one second to load, and tell us about Tidal Wave. Let's, let's back up. Sure. That back, one? Okay. That one. That's where okay. we start. So here we go. Okay, right here we are looking at this horse's feet on the ground. And if you notice, just looking past her, you see the, the left side foot is close to us, and you see the back end of the right side foot. Now, those are two totally different feet very different now to me it just looks like a bad camera angle of the two feet well there could have been a better picture i didn't know anything about cameras and those pictures are sometime back yeah so the translation is a little there but if you look at the shape of the heels from left to right of the feet i can see the one the heel closest to us has a smaller heel than the one furthest from us has a taller heel much taller heel yes upright foot kind of leaning towards the clubby side and if you look into the fetlock look at the difference in where how the fetlock is set from left to right yes Okay. You look at the angulation, you can't see the front of the foot, but even just the angle of the heel itself. Got it on that right side, we've got a straighter heel. So what's that start you thinking about where your horse is? High, low, whatever. Okay. A lot of people are going to immediately think that, you know, we need to match those feet, right? Right. Okay. Let's. Oops, wrong way. Sorry. If you look at the horse from the front. Is this the same horse? Same horse. Okay. 
changed angle. We're facing the horse. You know, the right side foot would be on on our left hand, which gets me backwards all the time. It's okay. Now, if you look at your fetlocks, you see the difference in the height there. Yes. And it was like, oh, my God, our legs are different lengths. Can we measure from the fetlock to that little bony protrusion in the knee, which is also set higher, and all the way up into the chest? And you notice there's a developmental difference into her forearms. And if you see a little bit of her chest, there's a developmental difference there. What people would, a lot of people think is they just look at that. Well, we need to bring that right side down. I've gotten that plenty of times. But then look into her chest, right side of the chest, left side of the chest. Strong side, weak side. It's really obvious right there. Yeah, you can see. I mean, it looks like if you were a weightlifter, it looks like... Working out big on one side, not (laughs) so much on the other. Exactly. Okay. I never put a horse in any of my programs unless something we could get to a reasonable amount of work. There's plenty of horses that have been distorted to the point over the years that it's like they're past the point of us being able to help them. But, But these horses like this, I've taken on so many of them over the years, nothing can be done well it was you look at that development okay let's think about right there and look at you know the rest of the horse okay think about what the shoulder should look like oh this thing looks like a snake on the (laughs) oh yeah she's crooked if you look at the left shoulder big developed shoulder and look at the right shoulder the right shoulder is the upright foot where the knee is higher the pastern's higher all the way up into the chest it's higher but the top of that scapula is dropped down and if i remember it was about three and a half to four inches at that point now mike this is a huge difference i'm seeing massive difference that's why i use her big difference and you know the, the main falls into that hole like we talk about which most of the time happens not always i've had horses where the main falls to the high side but it's rare so that's one of those deals where you can see it out across the field am i looking at even or not even okay and even even into the pelvis look at her diagonally she's diagonally low you know, look at the way the tail hangs the tail does not hang in the center it pitches out to your right side just a little bit to the higher hip because the pelvis is rotated a little bit i don't have any hind feet pictures in this series but you know this horse at this time i used a lot of pad work I work with horses all the time that are offset. And the more I've gotten and more fine-tuned I've gotten with my trims, the less I have to do pad weights or anything like that. At this point, Tony Gonzalez and Clyde Caldwell were the ones that really got me started on this path, working with uneven horses. One of the goals was to get where you could do it without adding a lot of stuff on horse feet. Part of the problem with padding one of these horses into position, you can, but you make them work muscles they have not been working and they can't get away from it the better you can get the feet balanced for that bone column. And they start using the leg. As the muscle develops, it will change. When the muscle develops in that weak shoulder, it opened up. We started off with a relatively thick pad. With her, she was uneven enough. Always had a little pad on her, but it wasn't anything but a light leather for a good many years. And she did fine with it. We got her where she tracked in a straight line. She did work some level. She was bought to be a dressage horse. She could do some lower level stuff. I've worked on several that were to this point that we've gotten them working and doing okay but it takes time there's not a instant cure so how long what was the turnaround time by the time you saw this and you started working on tidal wave here what was the time where the horse was somewhat respectable as far as her movement it was a her is a her as far as getting her back to a somewhat of a balanced movement as far as the balanced movement you know it's like chris king i refer to her on this many times she's an australian vet who worked with us when i was working for dick mansman chris was a bookworm still is on a neurological level, once you get a horse into a correct movement pattern, it takes a minimum of six months 
for the horse to reprogram on a neurological level. So if we start and we have a setback, you're kind of starting over on your six months. It's just like training a horse. You have a mess up, then you get, you're doing something, repeat 50 times right, start over at one. Right. That's what I was always taught when I was young, you know, starting young horses. If you push these horses too fast, you can injure them once we get them moving because they've got weak muscles. Muscles can develop at one speed. Tendons can develop at another speed, which is slow right. Ligaments redevelop at a speed slower than that. So you've got to regain strength in your tendons and ligaments to the point they can stand the work and the muscles will build in and that's part of the problem with conditioning any horse is too much too fast we have more tendon ligament injuries now than ever Uh, more suspensory problems i think most vets would tell you that we've ever seen what are we asking a horse is at what kind of a speed and what our expectations are these are not uh, sport utility vehicles or rvs or like my new truck out there your new truck or (laughs) your your four-wheeler or anything like that you can't just put mud tires on it go mud all right guys stick around when we come back we got one more little segment to get into and then we'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back i've got some big news the bank finally came through and i'm holding the keys to a brand new chevrolet have you been outside it sure is a nice night how about a little test drive down by the lake there's a place i know about Dirt road runs out We can try out the four-wheel drive Come on now, what do you say? Girl, I can hardly wait To get a little mud on the tires Cause it's a good night To be out there soaking up the Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the farrier for the 2017 Eventing Championship. And make sure you follow us on YouTube. And the way you do that is search for Equine Dynamics Mike Stein and also on Facebook. Mike posts a bunch of different articles up there. A very interesting read. So if you want to learn a little bit more education about your equine, make sure you follow Mike Stein over on Facebook as well. And if you have a question, make sure you get it to him. Go to equinedynamics.com. Fill out the little form there. Put podcasts in the subject line. And we'll send you out some free stuff as well. And over to my far inside is mike stein how are you i'm doing good how are you travis i'm doing very well now we're going to talk about the british system is it paddock paradise am i saying that correctly i think so close enough and what we usually call i guess track system here in the u.s so let's talk about paddock paradise well this is one of those deals that kind of popped up some years back everything kind of goes in cycles and i seem to be hearing a little more about this basically if you took your paddock and you did a lot of almost cross-fencing and left them open on opposite ends, where from one end of the paddock, you take paddock and you make it a mile between the water bucket and the feed. Maybe not that much, but they have to serpentine back and forth through the different sections to get to the other end. And there's been people put rocks, they put logs down, they put sand pits, everything else, because the horse walks in different conditions. And it's to try to create your horse just on its own, putting a little more mileage in, uh, using its body a little bit more. Stop being lazy. Stop being lazy. 
Because, you know, let's face it, they're going to go for the shortest distance to food and the shortest distance to water, and we're going to sleep, and we're going to stand under our shade tree and, and do what we do there. You know, it's funny that you say that. Again, back to me bush hogging, I had to bush hog a couple of the pastures just to knock the, the grass down and stuff. And it's funny to see, I've almost got like this Bermuda Triangle effect on one of my pastures where they come out of the paddocks, they go right down the rail of the fence to the, where the other horses are in the corner, then they cut all the way across, like you said, to the water bucket, and then right. come all the way back down across the field again back to their paddocks. And that's it. They the don't stuff disappear in there. Yeah, because sometimes we'll put little uh, booty socks to keep the flies off their ankles, mm-hmm. and sometimes those will disappear out there. You know what I'm talking about? The right. little, they're like a screen or something that goes and around. you never see them again. Never see them again unless they go out it there. It is a Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> it is, and it's weird. But they will pick the shortest path. Now, there are trees and stuff in the way, right? but they've literally found out the shortest path around those trees and, and what they don't have to move. Sure. Most people's horses do not get enough mileage in. We're talking about fitness level with Dr. Marty. I guarantee you, you look at people who are seriously working horses and what the fitness level that most people think their horse is in and the body score their horse is in. And if you bring somebody in that does a lot of that, their body scores are probably higher than they think. Their fitness level is lower than what they think. That kind of reminds me that when I was working with Dr. Mann, there was a woman that was working her horse and it was huffing and puffing and lathered up and went through a few dressage maneuvers and he's he's pretty plain spoken about that you know the woman wasn't accepting what he was saying you know your horse is out of shape and your horse is too heavy okay how long are you in a dressage arena for two and a half minutes your horse comes out lathered up sweat and huffing and puffing and all that in two and a half minutes of work yes it does why because my horse worked really 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 hard uh, do you play any sports I said yes i play tennis how would you feel if you were playing tennis for two and a half minutes and you were lathered up huffing puffing out of breath couldn't work anymore oh my <laughs> god i'd be in terrible shape he says that's the shape your horse is in i quit playing tennis that's right i got to where i could knock a home run playing tennis every time i hit one <laughs> it's over the wall but anyway you know we can condition horses to where they live to a degree and doing this you can create a little more condition a lot of people that are going for keeping their horses barefoot that seems to be a more popular thing there and conditioning to terrain you can condition the horse's feet for where they live if you add in a few things i mean it's like going through the sand okay a little bit more stress on tendon ligaments than walking on hard ground if they go through gravel a little bit. Now, on these ultra-thin sold horses, I wouldn't suggest putting them on gravel because you can damage, you know, working in the vet clinic, we have horses that come in that are extremely thin-soled that have done some damage to the skyline shot of that cough bone. It's like, ooh, that doesn't look good. And it's from abusing it. So you need to get some mass down there before you put them on gravel. Now, it's just like my hands. I don't work with gloves. They're pretty calloused. And we want a calloused foot on those horses. On shot horses... Set up some cavalettis where they have to go over and use range of movement with shot or unshot. Work it back and forth up and down your hill where they have to go up and down the hill more to go to the water bucket. So here's the thing that I just thought of. Now we have now on the property we have three horses and we have three huge different pastures. And believe it or not, each pasture, because of where it's located on our property, has a different condition. For example, the one that's straight out here behind the barn has nothing but weeds and it's a hard, hard soil. I right. mean that California clay rock. Front California. I'm not sorry, the North Carolina clay rock. Up in the front pasture, it's nice and thick and green and lush, and it's somewhat padded. In the very back part of the property, where all the the water and everything drains, tends to be a little bit loomy. So we have a habit of keeping the mare in the back paddock. We have Diego up front in the soft grass, and then the third horse in the center pasture. So not only should we rotate these horses based on, you know, trying to save the grass up here and trying to save the grass up here, but the three pastures have three different elements as far as their footing. So this might help our horses as well. Not rotate your 
horses based on grass, but rotating based on the condition of the soil. And in changing terrains and letting the foot fill different terrains, it helps with proprioceptor response. They feel through the bottom of their foot that trigger how the muscles fire. So going in out of different terrains helps with proprioceptor response. I'm stepping over more logs and up and down hills and traversing the side of hills works with range of motion of the body and also a little bit of strength. Now, if you've got a horse that you're seriously working, I don't know that this would even do you that much good. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad thing to do. What I will say is people who have done this in time, a lot of them will get away from it because it's a maintenance issue having all those partial cross fences and, and everything else in there as far as if you want to mow and clean up your paddocks, is you got to work around all that. I do have some Cavalettis in the back that my wife isn't using, so I'll probably move those and put them out there in the pasture without telling her. <laughs> yeah, you may be able to, to lay them in the horse path area and see just for curiosity see if your horse will walk across them or start going around they'll probably go around them because they're dummies well (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right guys stick around Uh, when we come back we'll find out what we learned today you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He is now a licensed thoroughbred farrier through the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And make sure you follow us on YouTube uh, for every podcast we do. We have a matching video as well. And make sure you check out those Ray Morris videos as far as him being a saddle fitter. And if you want to know anything about how your saddle should fit on the horse, the dry spots, the wet spots, the, the three-finger, two-finger rule as far as being up underneath, how how much it should sit on the tree of the horse and all that terminology, which I'm just kind of spewing out from memory from listening to editing his right, show. Right. Make sure you check that out as well. Your width of the gullet. Width of the gullet and, and uh, all the other stuff that Ray includes in that video as well. And over my, your tree to the rib cage. <laughs> over my far hand side, spitting out more knowledge than I can ever come up with is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? I'm doing all right. All right, Mike. So what did we learn today? You know, last week we talked about the front limbs of horses. Now we were talking about this week, the hind limb of a horse. The height of the pelvis can change with angulation, the joint flexion in the limb, and also the rotation in and out. That's something that needs to be thought about if you got, oh my God, my horse has dropped off on one side. Why has he dropped off into one side? Do we have a mechanical problem with the foot? Can we normalize the pressure and get that foot to come back? That darn chicken leg. That chicken leg. And the case study with a horse named Tidal Wave and then all the video or all the pictures that we showed here. When you look at the hoof and the feet don't match, find out what's going on up top. And there again, take care of, of that foot with that bone column. If they're that far out, matching feet on a horse like that would actually make the situation worse. And also the British system called the Paddock's Paradise, which 
I'm going to I'm gonna take some Cavalettis out there and try it and see what happens well, with the I horse. Well, I think that for a real experiment, we need to do that, like all the way across your yard. Like when you walk to the barn, you have to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And Are you talking about me going through it? I'm talking about you. Me? Yeah, 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 yeah you. <laughs> I got, Not the horses, you. And there's no way I can get the four-wheeler through there. I, it's a straight shot from the garage to, to the main part of the house to the barn. It's a straight shot. Yeah, but riding the four-wheeler is <laughs> not going to fix your fitness level. <laughs> Maybe get on that bicycle, ride it around a little bit more. So change up the walking patterns as far as, like I said, I've got that Bermuda Triangle out there. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle that eats things like uh, your fly boot. <laughs> All right, guys, on that note, make sure you follow us on YouTube. Uh, search for Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. Also, make sure you like and follow him also on Facebook. And if you have any questions for Mike Stein, get them on over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page is a form that says contacts. Fill that out. And if you'd like Mike to talk at your barn, your event, or any kind of social gathering that you have, fill out that clinic section, and Mike will get you scheduled in as soon as he possibly can. On that note, guys, we're going to let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day on behalf of Mike Stein over there. Have a good one, Travis. My name is Travis Holmes saying see you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream.